I would like to acknowledge that this podcast is created on the traditional lands of the Wurundjeri, Wurrung and Bunurong peoples of the Eastern Kulin Nations and I pay my respect to their elders past and present. I also acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded. This always was and always will be Aboriginal land. Welcome to Rose Tinted Law, the podcast. I'm Rose Inglis, founder of Rose Tinted Law and your host. RTL is a professional development platform for curious and open-minded legal professionals. This podcast is a space to have honest conversations about legal careers with people who are boldly carving out their unique place in our profession. And today, that person is the gorgeous Molly Tregellis and myself. Molly and I are in conversation today about all things motherhood and career and ambition and doing it all and having it all or not. You may recall Molly from episode eight. Molly absolutely nailed the RTL brief and shared really candidly about a twisty career path from top tier legal practice into legal operations and starting her passion project Hustle Bustle. And in that episode, Molly and I also talked about the hard work and the blood, sweat and tears that go into being a mother and a leader and a wife and a friend and all of the things. And this message really, really resonated with you. I consistently to this day receive really lovely feedback about that episode. And so if you have not listened to it, I highly recommend you do. So recently, Molly and I put a call out on social media to each of our communities to ask what you wanted us to discuss. And today we answer them all. We get really personal and share what our personal and professional lives actually look like right now, as well as what is working and what is not. And we also share our thoughts on managing home life and work life, tips on preparing for and being on and then returning from parental leave. We also cover boundaries between work and home, how to manage two parents having big jobs. We also share our tips for self-care and the importance of prioritizing ourselves for achieving any kind of balance or success. We also cover what having it all and doing it all looks like to each of us right now. The timing of this podcast is really fortuitous and special. Around the time that this episode is released, I'm due to have my second baby. So Molly and I are both in the thick of figuring all of these things out. I hope you enjoy this honest conversation and it helps open your eyes to the limitless possibilities as to where your legal career may take you. Friend of the pod, Molly Tregellis, welcome back. I very consistently get very positive feedback about our episode. Your take on motherhood and career and everything really resonated. So I'm very excited to have you on again today to have a good old DM about career and motherhood and ambition and having and doing it all and all the secrets. We've got all the secrets, <laughs> don't we? But he has if anyone has any answers, can you please let us know? <laughs> right now. Right now. <laughs> If you want answers, maybe tune in elsewhere. No, <laughs> no, no. We're both moms. We are both doing different things in our careers. We have toddlers who are a similar age and we just thought it would be really helpful and interesting to get on the podcast and just talk about some of the behind the scenes of the juggle. Yes. 
who is in your family and what's your work situation, Molly? Yes, so I have three males in my household, the first being my beloved husband who's a barrister, so there's there's that. I think that's another podcast about being married to a barrister. Oh, one else? of the questions we got was how do you manage, oh, this is a big spoiler alert, is actually how do you manage your family life when both parents have big jobs? And that's definitely lot. one for you. I have a lot I have a lot to say on that. Yeah. So, yeah, so there's my husband. I have a gorgeous 12-year-old stepson. So I had this interesting thing where I became a stepmom well before I became a mum and he's with us half the week. He's in year seven. So Ooh. that's a very interesting time in our lives. And I have then the, the beloved three-year-old, three-and-a-bit-year-old boy, light of our, all our lives. Strangely, and I don't know where this comes from, he loves talking. It's really a bit <laughs> shocking, actually. So that's our little chaotic, happy little household. How about you? Oh, my work. Wait. So I have quite a big job which is my official title is that I am the Executive Director of Legal Optimization Consulting at Minterellison, which essentially means I lead, I have built from scratch and lead a consulting practice for in-house lawyers. I do it in four days a week, sort of-ish, and we'll probably get into that a little bit more. And yeah, I still travel quite a lot. It's, it's big. So that's my little life. And you? Superstar. So I am wife to Andrew and mum to Eddie. Eddie, like yours, is three and a bit and absolutely gorgeous. I'm also pregnant with baby sister mm. and she's due in mid-October. This year, I've been dedicating all my time to growing rose-tinted law. It's been a bit tricky because I had one vision of how it was going to go and then because of pregnancy and with life, it's, <laughs> my priorities have just changed, but it's forced me to kind of put my energy and resources into setting up like the bones mm. of it so that I can pick it up when I'm ready and it is running and looking and growing all nicely. So the things I've been investing in are like sensible stuff like processes, growing the audience and creating a lot of the training materials and mm. workshops and stuff that I eventually want to deliver on the flip side because it's hard. That's the hard stuff. Yeah. And, you know, getting to the podcast to a place where I'm really proud of it. And yeah. I'm there. So Andrew has a really big job. He mm. is in mining and he does like business development and M&A. So he travels a lot. And I therefore usually do a lot of the family stuff. Mm. And part of the reasons I've made certain decisions in my career the last couple of years is so I've got the time and the space to make picking up all of that slack the priority. Yeah. So my I also mine is also called Andrew. Oh, well, so, so much in common. So many Andrews. <laughs> Did you always want to have a family? I think like a lot of people, I just assumed. I would. I just assumed eventually I would have kids. It wasn't a driving, desperate passion. I was an only child, so I, I've never had this vision of having lots and lots of kids. I was a very happy only child. Got a very great sort of family dynamic with cousins and things. So, yeah, and then, you know, I had this interesting time in my life where I broke up with a very long-term partner at like 28, 29, just when everyone's starting to pile yeah. pressure on about kids which was just actually horrific at the time because even my doctor's like, you know, you really, really need to start thinking about it. I was like, <gasps> I'm the furthest, literally the furthest away from having a child I've ever been. So, Pick your moment, I know, doctor. I was like, ah. <laughs> the worst time to bring up Yeah, that. I know. Like literally went home <laughs> and cried. But then, yeah, so I, I've known my stepson since he was about four 
four and a half. And look, again, that's for another podcast, but like real ridden a lot of waves in terms of what it means to be a stepmother. It's really challenging. Mm. And it's a very different type of parenting. But I've had some kind of parenting responsibilities since then. And then, you know, my husband wasn't really sure if he wanted more kids. I was like, well, 100%, I want at least a kid. Took quite a long time to get the kid. Like we, you know, like a lot of people had some fertility challenges. So we're pretty happy with the the volume of children in our life. And, Mm. yeah, I'm so glad I had my little boy. Like just Mm. the best fun but it's not a driving force to have, you know, like a big, big lot of people around the table. How about you? I always wanted to be mum. Always, 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 always. I always knew I would get to a point where I would love the juggle and Mm. I actually do. I love that part of it. Like I love, I just love family vibes. I remember speaking with my girlfriends one night. We'd gone to the Macca's drive-thru in someone's car and we're having a D&M over some McFlurries yeah. and we we're talking about like what do we imagine our lives to be and we, we love Would You Rathers Mm-mm-mm. and we did a Would You Rather Be Married or Have Children and it had mm-hmm. to be one or the other. You could have, Mm-mm. and I was very definitely have children, mm. not fussed about marriage, but I definitely want children so I was always clear about that and then when I met Andrew I was like oh yes I'll have I'll have both both things you're my person and so yeah and I am a big believer that becoming a parent is actually the best thing in life and it can be really great for your career as well we're going to go into some of that today Mm -hmm. don't get me wrong it makes everything harder Makes yeah. it easier, but I find it quite fun and rewarding. And mm. yeah, it's funny, isn't it? I it's it's very different for me in the sense I didn't the first baby I ever held was my own. Like I have like, really like as in properly held, never changed a <laughs> nappy. I had no training. I had in my social circles. I didn't have friends with kids. Don't have a big lot of family. So <sighs> it was a very a different thing for me. I couldn't picture, I didn't know, like, am I even going to be able to do this thing? <laughs> I never pictured myself as motherly. You're like, is there a process manual? Yeah, exactly. Like, who's got the, to, the, the how-to guide? But, yeah, I never, never pictured being motherly. Like, I'm, I am impatient and fast and, like, driven. And I was like, yeah. is that going to all fit together? Like, that is. It was, it was a challenging thing to overcome, I guess, to work out my way. Mm. that I'm really comfortable with. Yeah, and I think that's where all so much like complexity lies and where mm. the tensions arise when you are ambitious and, you know, you have a baby and you're still you. Yeah. That's what I found. I'm like, oh, I'm still. And that wasn't that <laughs> such a great discovery. Andrew, yeah. Andrew called me the other day. He's like, you're highly strung and extremely competent. <laughs> I feel like, like, oh, yeah, that's yeah. still me. My, my, my Andrew could say the same thing to me. It would really resonate. But I, I think it's so true, right? Like, But you don't know. Like, I just thought I had to dive off a cliff into motherhood and yes. I had no idea who I'd be on the other side. Would I even be able to work? Like, I had just been provided these doom and gloom stories about yes. you become a mother, you lose your personality, and your working life is screwed forever. Yes. And, 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 and I, like, I didn't have any reference points because when I looked around me, a lot of the mothers I saw were struggling or did seem dull because I think we are objectively quite dull once we become a mother because we love talking about our children, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Everyone at my work's very patient with me when I show them photos. But, you know, yeah. like, that was that was the message. Yeah. Like, good luck, your life's over and your career's over. I yeah. Like, I could not be further from the truth. Yeah. Frankly. 
yeah, me too, me too. Mm. Or it's like I really viewed it as it was going to be a huge inconvenience, Mm. huge inconvenience for me, my work and everything. And, yeah, there wasn't that many really positive stories or examples. I mean, I'd seen it and it, it does exist, but, you know, what people speak about, you know, the juggle is usually quite negative and how yep. how it's brought up in, yeah. in workplaces as well. It's like, oh, what are we going to do when you're away? Or whatever it is. It's like, yeah, but it's, yeah, it's brought me a lot of good things too and happiness. But before we go on to that, I want to get a glimpse of mm. how things work work behind the scenes mm-hmm. in the Molly and Andrew household. household. <laughs> so, yes, if you, it's good we're having this discussion this year, not last year. Yeah. Very, yeah. very different yes. story. So the context is my husband's been a barrister for five or six years, I think, and I think, you know, when he started out, someone said to him, oh, well, and I was furious. Oh, just tell your missus, see her in five years. And I was disgusted, obviously, oh. disgusted by this comment, but I was like, <laughs> upon reflection, quite true. <laughs> in the sense that he had, like, since he's gone to the bar, he has been just busy in a way that I cannot even describe. Yeah. Like, like six to seven days a week, no holidays, 14, 15 hour days, year round. So last year he had a big class action and I and, and worked every weekend except about two. I remember talking to you th- through I, this I period was, and I you was, were a shell. I was a shell. I you was, were. It was so hard. Yeah. So, and, but in amongst all that, he really like, because I had enforced from the beginning, like I am not in a lesser job than you. Like mm. when you're not in a red zone of busy, we are sharing the load. Mm. And, of course, he's found that really difficult because his job's so intense that I've mm. been like, my job's intense too. Like, mm. I, but I had to fight. I really had to fight for that. Mm. And then the result of that is this year, everything's more manageable in his world, although this week's not a great example. But <laughs> I would say majority of the time we're 50-50 in terms of pick-up and drop-offs. That's great. So we're in a, a mad situation where we've both got like, yeah, these massive jobs, almost no help. My gorgeous boy goes to daycare full-time and I just could not be more grateful for the care he gets. They mm. are divine. Like mm. finding good childcare for me was like the thing that changed my life when I had him because he now has 10 other mothers and I'm like the more mothers he has the better. Mm. It's so he, a village. It's a village. and It's he, a village and sometimes you have to pay for the village but it's a village. A we feel the same with Eddie's. village. Yeah. Like, but it's worth every cent. Every cent. He's every so happy. Cent. They are. They are divine. He's got all these little friends. So he goes off there every day. The big boy now this year catches the tram to and from school, Oof. which has, like, changed everything. So he's pretty self-sufficient. And then so we just juggle. It's just a juggle. There's no rhythm. There's no routine. Yeah. Like this week I've, I was in Sydney the last two days, so Andrew's had to do everything even mm-hmm. though he was in, in court two times on Wednesday. Like just Yes. It's chaos. And then today's Friday. I look around me, take a breath. The house is a nightmare you know like so I spend my <laughs> alleged day off putting our lives back together yes after the week yes yeah. so that's what our life looks like happy chaos How about yes you? <laughs> yes happy chaos I think that's a good way to describe it ours changes a lot as well so for the first part of this year Andrew was traveling a lot like maybe mm. by like May or something he'd already gone overseas five times Gosh. the good yeah, the good thing about the way he travels now, before COVID, he used to say, 
he might tell me on a Monday, oh, I'm going to go to Canada on Thursday. <gasps> I'll be gone for like three or four days and then he'd be gone for two or three weeks. Oh, or he'd whoa. be like, oh, I've got to go over to Europe next Monday and then he'd be gone for like three weeks. And that was like so stressful. It be, was uh, awful. Yeah. It was actually really awful bad. for both of us for all sorts yeah. of reasons. He was so unhealthy and everything. Anyway, that is not the case post-COVID. <laughs> Thank mm. goodness. But all of these trips, they were in the diary. And so we could plan for them. So I always knew that the first part of the year, I would just be very like family focused. And then RTL, I do when I have the capacity. But as mm. you said, at least one of your days off, Eddie's in daycare three days a week. One of those days is collecting my bearings, collecting the house's bearings and all of that and doing like the admin, which is mm. just a lot. But then I felt pregnant in January. <laughs> so I was like... Hmm. I felt like I was in survival mode, but like very grateful for the flexibility. And that was like good thing. It was like good for thinking that that was all. Because if I, I've recently just had pelvic girdle pain where I haven't been able to move or leave the house. So Andrew has been doing everything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I've been doing next to nothing. He's like, no, you're, you're growing baby sister, but it's just the tables. It's just switched. Yeah. And it's yeah. a partnership. And it's not normal that he does all the pickups and drop-offs for Eddie and cooks and cleans. And he always brings me cups of tea, don't get me wrong. Oh. Yes, but it's as much as we, we love consistency and routine, there's not the same it's, it's as yours. Yeah. And it's just a constant juggle and flow. And then some people are like, oh, but he's so good. You're so lucky to have yeah. such a healthful partner. I'm like, no, it's the bare minimum for me. Yeah. I wouldn't have it any other way. I couldn't have it any other way. But then like work-wise when it's like last year, I had a lot of consulting clients. Mm-hmm. And so we had to I had to prioritize that. And then the last few, like I've been working hard on season three of the podcast. I've been doing that on the weekends as well. And it's just the way it is because I know come October, it's completely different. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're in a different phase again <laughs> yeah. for a while. Yeah. I heard a really interesting thing from someone that was talking about going in cycles. But yeah. the cycles might be really long cycles. So the example she provided was that her husband had a really intense job for like 12 years and she worked in a gallery and, and took a bit of a breather. And then and she's a barrister. And now she's the one that's like full clip doing this work, you know, as in like doing these massive class actions and things. And her husband's the one that's taking mm. the back seat. So it's really interesting, like this idea, and I get the question a lot around, can you have people? two people with big jobs that is one question that we've been asked and it came up actually multiple times and I have many views on this so like we both do have big jobs so I guess it's possible just one thing that Mm. I just wanted to pick up before you go on because I'm fascinated with your with your answer but the reality is of these really big jobs this is what we've realized with Andrew's job it's kind of predicated on the assumption that there's one person at home to pick up all the slack correct barristers can work like that and traditionally they've been able to work like that because they have a stay-at-home wife correct maybe now they have a the dad the dad might be the stay-at-home parent but a lot of families make those decisions. And likewise, same with you in your executive director position. The reality is I assume that your predecessors and a lot of your peers and generations before you, that's what, that's what yeah. the status quo would have been. Yeah. And, you know, like and I, things are changing and we're the generation to change we, it. We are, yes. I think so I work four days and I've had to really fight with myself as well to keep mm. four days because it, in all senses, work-wise it would be 
makes sense to go fight. Like there's more work yes. that fits into fight. But for now I'm like, I actually, if both of us had the five-day jobs, our lives would implode. And actually I do think it works quite well in four. I'm, I'm liking that I'm modelling that you can mm. do it in four and have some time and space, which I feel it's a luxury and a privilege that we can afford for me to work four days, not five. Mm. But it, I think it makes our family better and it makes me happier to have mm. a bit of an offset valve. But I think, yeah, there's not, there's still this, the, at that senior level, a lot of the answers are, because I was sort of studying as I was going up the chain, how do people manage this? And specifically, mm. I hate to say, how do women manage this? Because for whatever mm-hmm. reason, another podcast for yes. day, like we're the ones that still have to think about these things, right? Yeah. And, which is infuriating. But yes, the options seem to be, as I can see it, someone stays home. Yes. You pay an ex- a vast amount for third-party care. Yes. And or you're just constantly, constantly almost at burnout. Yes. Like they seem to be the options. Yes. I'm kind of like, nah. I'm, <laughs> I'm looking for a fourth way, which is yeah. have the big job, do it sustainably. Yes. Enjoy life. Like why why not? Why can't that be possible? That's my, yes. that's what I'm chasing. And I love that. And I love that you're being open about the journey as well. Yeah, because it is. And I like I burnt myself into the ground last year, uh, as I've said many times before, and this has been an unlearning process, how to not do that again. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the reality is all of our friends are in the same position. Yeah. Yeah. All and everyone has varying levels of support or from like family and staff or make different decisions, but it's, it's not easy for anyone. And I think we all do do it differently, which is why I think it's so fascinating to, you know, actually get into the nitty gritty of how it does all work. Cause it is like, how does it work in your workplace? But then also Mm. how does it work at home? And there's still not that many role models. Um, there like you know for people that are thinking about having kids or have little kids and thinking how does this work it's actually pretty hard to look around and and see examples many examples of where it seems to work but there's always some big struggle or challenge in it that that I observe or people Mm. not talking about the struggle I was out for lunch with a bunch of lawyer girlfriends recently and I was we were talking about whether they'd go for partner and they don't want to because they they have women they have women leaders in their firms but is their life aspirational? Are their relationships aspirational? No, it's a hard, it's a hard one. <laughs> so I've got some questions that have come out of my DMs recently. Mm. It's always a theme. Yeah. Everyone is talking about the same thing. And I've categorized it as logistics. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's sexy. <laughs> logistics. <laughs> Tips for planning for parental leave, being on parental leave, and then returning to work. So let's start with tips for preparing for parental leave. We should both caveat this by saying that really we had very strange parental leaves. Yes. We're in lockdown. So like yes. some bits of this I don't feel, I feel equipped to like oh, say, that's true. you know, I did not, my parental leave was nothing. But in terms of preparing for parental leave, stop listening to everyone's advice. It's <laughs> my big tip. Like you yeah. will get so much well-meaning advice about what you need to buy, how you should prepare, how much time off you should have beforehand. Yes. How to like hand over well. How much parental leave to take. I had a male partner tell me, oh, you say you only want to do six months. But you know, I'll guarantee you, you'll regret that and you'll want to take 12. Oh my God. Actually, like, that's not, how could could you possibly be, you know, in a position to tell me that? So I think as we've discussed, even from our own examples of like our lives, 
there is no one way to do this well. Like some mm. people really want to work and be involved in their work up until the end. And some people get to the point where they feel, I can't do this at this clip anymore. For me, I worked massive hours, or not massive hours, I travelled every week until mm. I was 32 weeks, mm. which now I'm like, what? How did I do that? <laughs> How did I do that? I don't know. I don't, you know, I don't mm. have fortitude for that anymore. And then COVID hit. So I was very glad that the last few weeks were at home because it was getting big and tired. Me too. I've been reminiscing about that this yeah. week, actually. Yeah. Like, that and was I was good. <laughs> I didn't mind. I didn't mind still talking and having meetings, mm. but I but I found by the end I was ready to, I was really ready to hand over and not think about things. And it felt like a relief because I guess there's some hormonal thing that's happening that makes you want to focus on other things. I wanted to like sit on the couch and get the nursery ready or whatever it was. Mm. But that's my hot tip. Stop, like don't get sucked into other people's perspectives because, and same goes when you have a baby, you know best. Yes. Yes. My advice and what I would add is to actually just be kind to yourself and be kind with the changes that's happening with you, like within yourself, because you are changing your, you might think, oh, I'm going to have a month off before the baby comes and I'm going to do all these things. And then you might get there and be like, I can barely move. Or the baby might come. The baby might come. I can barely move. Yeah, I'm exhausted. I'm really uncomfortable all the time. I'm not feeling like the last couple of weeks of pregnancy are actually kind of really hard and not that pleasant. And you don't sleep well. You don't sleep well. It's It's not comfortable doing anything. And I think just kind of going really easy on yourself during that period. And then also if you need to, I've got two people very close to me who've just had babies and they've both ended up finishing work a couple of weeks earlier because they were just too stressed and too much going on. Like I I don't have capacity for this anymore. And they both made the decision to finish up earlier, which I think if, especially if it's your first, you can't, you could never predict that that's what you would actually choose. No. But it's just your priorities change, but your capacity changes as well. And that can be really hard. And I think that's a, like a common theme throughout parenthood is that if things change and you change and that's okay and it doesn't make you like less of a feminist or less of a you know passionate professional or less of a whatever it is that you do or whatever you pride yourself on it's actually just a normal part of the process yeah and you know what it makes me think like if had I had that time again or if if I was going to have a second I think I was trying to prove that like nothing was going to change and I guess a lot of people that is such a big one a lot of people like because it's like yeah. I'm not going to be that person that like you know stops being as good at their job just because they're pregnant. And so you know, like racing around the country, I you know sort of going above and beyond to show that nothing's going to change. And it's like soz, a lot changes. But and we'll get to this. A lot of it's good too mm. in terms of like I came back to work much better at my job. Mm. Something no one talks about. And mm. we'll get into that. Mm. But there's lot. There's a loss of being able to succeed by just sheer force of doing, right? Mm. Like you can't just do and succeed anymore. There's got to be a more strategic approach mm-hmm. and that's hard to know in advance. So we mm-hmm. just try and like push, push, push to show that nothing's changed. Tips for being on parental leave. I don't know. Enjoy I- it. <laughs> I was in lockdown for the whole time. Yeah, so, me too. <laughs> which actually I would say 
look, some of it was hard because I had no visitors, but having no obligations to do anything was actually lovely. Like I just hung out with my little fella. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And 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 it, like while the world was imploding, it was in our home quite a peaceful time. Yeah. Likewise. Because I wasn't doing what I probably would have otherwise done, which is got up and got out and proved to the world that nothing had changed and yeah. I was here and I was there and look at me like being yeah. bouncing back. Bouncing back. Oh, yeah. bouncing back. Don't even start me on bouncing back. So I think if that's converted into advice, I think it's take it slow. You don't have to prove anything to anyone and it seems like it goes forever but then suddenly it's gone. Yeah. You know, like it's it's short and it's fast and it's bloody hard and it's great. And then, I don't know, like I was back at work and I was like, oh, God. Distant memory. <laughs> Did that happen? Yeah. 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 My advice would just be enjoy it and embrace it. And if towards the end you might start thinking about returning to work and going back to work and what that looks like, but rather than focusing on like the minutiae of your job, like the emails with the HR and the calls Mm. with your boss, but actually take the time to think really big about your career. Like what do you value? What do you want to do? Oh, yeah, I love that. Think bigger. Like what does your partner want to do? Do you even want to be where you want to be? Are you going to move? If you do move, like what could you be doing now to, to prepare for that? Or are you on the right track to get to where you want to be? Like do you want to be on, you know, boards one day or leadership positions? What are you doing now to get there? Do you care about what you do? Or are you going to do you want to move like maybe it doesn't have to be straight away but like maybe three to five years down the track do you actually want to be doing something else so I think being on parental leave can be really beautiful and spacious and it's spacious because you've got one key stakeholder in your life yep different (laughs) it's the baby different concepts of time yeah the whole thing and I totally agree with that and I think it really sharpens your mind like for me it was if I'm going to be away from this little boy Mm. it better be worth it you know it better be worth my time and that has stayed and and also I'm going to have less time Mm -hmm. so it needs to be impactful and that stayed with me as a measure Mm -hmm. like is it worth me being away Mm -hmm. that Andrew's gone through that same growth process as well and it's really profound and I think it's one of those things that's really hard to explain and imagine before you've gone through it but your priorities change your time management changes all of that but for the better and the other thing I'd say and this is venturing into like afterwards but I don't think I mean the fact that maternity leave is seen as a sort of gap in your resume blows my freaking mind because it's boot camp it's boot camp yes efficiency boot camp it's juggling boot camp it's resilience boot camp like I think we need to shift the language about maternity leave yeah in, in terms of the impact you know back going back into a workplace you're bringing in these people that have been through, frankly, like some form of Helen back and, are cu- and then turning up for work. And right? it's usually women that work part-time. They are so motivated to be there. Yeah. And like such efficient workers, I, in my experience, what I've seen, like they want to be there. They want, like they're grateful <laughs> and way more efficient. And the amount of work that they can get done in a, yeah. a shorter period of time, I'm like, can we not? recognize and celebrate that rather than Mm. all these negative connotations of working part-time or maternity leave being a break in your resume. I just, I think it's quite insulting and I also don't think it's accurate. Agree. Tips for returning to work. A slightly silly one, but like 
don't worry if you can't fit back into your work clothes. This is going to be my one too. <laughs> I still cannot fit into some of my work pants. And I just think, I don't know, I must have been a really small person. Something's changed. Yeah. Like, That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> don't beat yourself up if you can't fit back into your work clothes. Yeah. Find things that are comfortable. Your body might be a bit different. Yes. You might have a different style. That's my first thing. Yes. The second thing I would say is don't go back in like trying to prove yourself. Like, yeah. Feeling behind the eight ball. Yeah. The same. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, oh, I've got to make up for all this time yeah. I was away. Like, yeah. walk in there like, mate, I had a baby. It's alive. And I'm good, you know. Like, yeah. I, like I've managed to do this thing, this really hard thing, and I'm and I'm excited to be back. Yeah, but I'm also not taking any shit. Yes, it's another great thing about parenthood. Yeah, and setting boundaries early. Like, yes, I will do a great job. Yes, but I'm also going home at this time. Yes, and if there's an issue with that, like, let's talk about it now. Yes, yeah. I just think like go back feeling empowered. Your the quality of being you hasn't changed it's just maybe your priorities have the other thing I would say and to be really transparent I started this big job about three or four months after I went back from Mm -hmm. work because I think partly I was like I need the next thing to show that I can do the next thing it was actually really hard (laughs) to do the next big thing yeah and the reason it was hard is because my husband was so busy and of course when they go to childcare they get sick all the time yes and no one really talks in advance about that so yes one thing i'd say is like cut yourself some slack if in the early months of going back to work you feel like you're not all there because (laughs) chances are you're going to be working with a little sick kid on your lap you're taking days off to care for them you're juggling with your partner or whoever else in your family it can be a challenging time but like it, it passes and it doesn't mean you're not good at your job and any workplace worth anything understands that a big one for me is just stop with comparing yourself to the before and after and that is just for everything what did you used to wear what size did you used to wear your body has changed we have changed like i gave birth naturally to 4.1 kilo baby okay (laughs) mum's changed (laughs) now i'm probably gonna have another whopper oh my god (laughs) You know, it's like, let's not, let's not do this to ourselves, okay? I'm actually, I'm making a decision. We're cancelling the before and after comparisons, okay? But I think also the same with like your capacity and like, it's not, it's just like your, your, your priorities have changed, how you work has changed and not seeing it as, I don't know, a weakness or impediment if you do need to change up the way that you're working or where you're working from. Yeah. I think a great thing about COVID is that now we can all work from home and we've proven that everyone accepts that. And if they don't, then, you know, that's mm-hmm. not the right place for you. But that flexibility really does allow a lot of women to stay in the workforce and a lot of women I know are still working four days a week. It's because that four or five days a week, it's because they've got that flexibility to work from home as well. And that's how they make it work. So yeah, that that's a that's a big one. And I think if you are going back to work four or five days a week, make everything as easy as possible. Yes. My thing the last year or so is like take the easy option take the easy option. Yeah. And you know, that might look like you're probably not going to be able to make dinner. Or just really let you, just basic, let that go. Basic. Like we. Basic, simple. We always have yeah. carrots and cucumbers and peas, right? I know my kid <laughs> will eat those things. There's 
and I, you, you're onto something because people turn, tie themselves up in knots about like what the kids eating and go look no. on Instagram at these like ridiculous. Yeah, you know, yeah. especially if they're at childcare where they're getting like a bloody three course hot dinner oh. at lunchtime. Yeah. That's someone's like scientifically balanced yes. out. I feel really good about things because I know my child has had like a big whack of protein in the middle yeah. of the day. We give him yeah. honey toast at the moment. Sometimes they've just got like my child is is made up three quarters of cheesy pasta. Yes, you know, and, yep, cheesy pasta. That's and the then other we, one. you know, when I can give get him to have a bit of scrambled egg or chicken on the side, great. A plus like, parenting, you've nailed it. But, <laughs> yeah. but it's like say. But it's like have like 10 things always in the cupboard, mm-hmm. like three different combinations of toddler meals or like kid meals and stop tying yourself up and not about like, ah, oh, the way people go, like, you know, the feeding and the, all that. Like, yeah. Calm the farm there. I agree. Simple, simplify. Yeah. Everything. Make, yeah. and I think especially with when you are figuring out what works, because I think you can have the best plan, but mm. what happens if they go through some kind of leap or a growth spurt or, or they're sick or and you're awake throughout the whole night. Yeah. Eddie just sometimes goes through, he went through periods where he'd just wake up at 4.30 a.m. Yeah. ready to rock and roll. Uh-uh. <laughs> you know, your capacity does change and it can, your capacity changes based on things beyond your control. And so I think you have to just really acknowledge that that's what's going on. And, you know, if you can do HelloFresh or if you can get some kind of healthy takeaway or yep. something easy from the supermarket totally. or have the same thing and the same day batch, every week yep. or batch, we batch cook. We like to cook a lot on a Sunday and then mm-hmm. have that throughout the week. Just do that and don't beat yourself up yep. about balanced meals or whatever. And also if you, once your kid gets to like 18 months or something, they'll go from a Eddie went from a great eater to fussy, fussy. he'd probably have scurvy if he didn't go to <laughs> take care. <laughs> Not quite that bad, but like, you know, just yeah. let yourself off the hook where you can. Yeah, I agree. That leads into another, like something you were saying about the flexibility of being at home and work led, in, led into another great question we got from LinkedIn, which was around the boundaries between yes. work and home, which I think is a really great question. This is such a big comment. one for me. Well, yeah, talks. Oh. Speak to that. Oh, boundaries between work and home. I think it's such a big one. So we used to live in a two-bedroom apartment in COVID, mm. <laughs> which was very, very intense. And now we both work a lot from home. I do it all from home and mm. it's hard. One thing that helped me mentally was to stop multitasking. Mm-hmm. I can't multitask. I refuse to do it. I don't do it. Awesome. I don't like it. It stresses me out. And if I'm, I need, I need quiet and space to work though. Mm-hmm. Andrew is different. He could do it in front of the TV with Eddie and I absolutely yeah. could not. But for me, stop trying to multitask. So if I'm with Eddie or doing dinner or something, that's what I'm doing. Notifications off the phone. My phone's nearly always on DND, but also taking off like emails and stuff like that. Mm. And so you're more intentionally checking them. That was a really big one too. And then also really clear communication with your partner about what your day looks like or what your week looks like. And then trying to just plan and also respect the other one's space and boundaries about that Mm. as well. But then with boundaries, it's also, I think it ties into balance, but just acknowledging that sometimes there's not that. And like sometimes you will be working on the weekends and then sometimes you might have a pretty cruisy week. Yeah. Or sometimes like if your husband's on trial, balance is out the window. (laughs) Boundaries are like, it doesn't, 
it, there's not, not they're not there but yeah. then in the weeks that you have you, you know you have that ability then you really have to take it but it's really up to you to define what you need like I always this has been a hard one like with motherhood but realizing actually what I need and then articulating that mm. and then also sticking to it and making space for that yes totally because yeah. no one else is going to get up like set your alarm and go and exercise for you or go and meditate or whatever. Like, and Andrew would never say, no, don't do that. But if I don't do it, then no one else will. Yeah. And then, yeah, just being clear about what it is you need. But then that's hard because you need to figure it out for yourself as well. But I think if you have those lines of communication open, then that's a good way to figure out what it is you need. And then you're adaptable and you can change as and when you need them as well. Yeah, I think like I have mixed success with boundaries. In some ways I'm quite good at them and in some ways I'm terrible. <laughs> so like I take a bit of an approach that with a job of my size, I kind of have to always be available. Yes, and yes, and especially in a service-based industry. In a service-based industry, yeah. we have clients. I can't like, but I... And I think that's a bit of a an elephant in the room mm. when a lot of, around a lot of well being. Yes. Yeah. And discussions. Look, yeah. And I mean, I've got like I've got billable hour targets, mm-hmm. for example. So there's some inescapable things there. But I am a swings and roundabouts approach. So sometimes things are really intense, sort of what you said. And I've just got it like in work, and I've just got to sort of roll with that. But then I also can take space when I need it. So I, mm-hmm. if I have space, I take space. And, and you know, I do a lot of pickups. So often at 4.30 I'm like, I say to people, if you want to call me now, you're going to have to call me on the phone. I'm not in front of my computer anymore and you're probably going to see Artie. So the other thing for me is the merging has worked to a certain extent in the sense that I'm very comfortable and have had to be in the beginning in making clear that I'm a mother and that my child is around. Mm. Like, you know, not pretending that I'm this sort of mm. perfect, clean existence where there's no interruptions. So everyone at work knows my child very well. Some mm-hmm. of my clients have met him. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and, you know, I had I remember one particular example where I had to do a client meeting and Artie was so sick and, mm. I, and I was like I, there was no kind of other way around it and I had to enter this meeting and be like, I'm so sorry, but I have a sleeping child on my chest. Oh. <laughs> like, you know, like the thing was, right, everyone was divine about it. Yes. Everyone was divided about it. So in that way, I've had to I, to cope. I've had to blur the boundaries. Yes. What I do do, I don't work on Fridays. People still ask me for things, but unless it's really like the house is burning down, I say to them, "This is Next just, I'm going to do this on Monday." Or I don't really look at my emails. Or I don't action anything. I have an amazing team that can help with that. Mm-hmm. And then, as you said, finding space for myself has been the biggest game changer. So knowing what I need to wind down is has changed my life from last. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have a whole Instagram talking about it, so obviously yes. it changed my life. But not yet. Having space, finding space that's not work, it's not family, it's me, everything feels more possible. Yes. And that's what I think is like my message and mission is to encourage people to find that for themselves and work that out. Because it's yes. game-changing. Game-changing. And Agreed. you can do it with a big job and kids, right? Yes. But it maybe doesn't look 
feel how you think it's going to. Yes. And then this is another question we've had. I'd love to hear about your journeys and experience around self-care and even how you managed to prioritize this amongst all the other priorities you mentioned. Was there a before or after for you in realizing the importance of this and what if any has been the impact? That's such a big one and such a good one. Such an amazing question. So deeply before and after for me. Yeah, me too. First couple of years, I ran it full clip on everything. I was trying to be best best worker at work, best mum, oh, maybe partner. Partner was low on the list. You know, like <laughs> lower down the list. Poor, poor. Whether I had like some clinical version of burnout, I don't know, but like I was in my own definition, I suffered yes. burnout at the end of last year. 150%. Yes. And, and I know all year I was in a heightened state of incredible stress. Yes, everything I was, can attest to that. Everything was working, yes. like everything was happening. But yes. My experience of everything was quite unpleasant and I was like had the ants, nervous yeah. ants crawling in my system. So I knew something had to change and I just actually thought it was impossible. Like I kind of had this thing of like, well, maybe that's life with kids and a big job or I've got to like run away to the country and become a permaculture gardener. You know, <laughs> there's, there's no other way to do this. There's no other way to do this. I, I cannot do this. I, but what I did was actually really simple in one sense that I – I had a big, lovely big holiday in January, one of the great things about legal industry. I sh- turned off all my apps, shut down all social media, shut down emails, got in the ocean every day. So that was the start. That was the reset. And then what I did is I firmly reordered my priorities so that I was at the top. I was, like, I, I was at the top. Can you imagine? For a mom. Can you imagine? Because what I recognized is if I'm not making myself well, I'm no good. I'm like a crabby mother yeah. and a stressed boss and yeah. employer, employee. Yes, yes, yes. And so it went me, family, then work. Mm. Work third, guys. And guess what? I'm better at my job now than I was when I had it as my first priority. And then like you and I know I think in a similar journey, I did experiments about what self-care things work for me and what mm. what, what feels good for me and built myself a toolkit. I did breathing. I do the Wim Hof breathing. That's been really helpful for me. I don't do it all the time, but it's a good reset tool. Mm-hmm. Sleeping. Whoa. <laughs> Sometimes my favourite thing is I go to bed at 8 o'clock and I get my hot water bottle and I sit in bed, just potter around in bed. Yeah, me too. Face. I love it more than anything else. <laughs> Getting off screens, going for walks, like none of it's none of it's groundbreaking, but it was like building a kit of things and and starting to recognize earlier when I was feeling really what I call outside my window of tolerance. When yes. I was getting up there into stress land and taking measures earlier so I didn't get into like heightened freak out mode. Mm. It just looks like racing brain, racing heart, everything feels stressful. I'm like in my head. I basically may well not have a body. Like I'm just like a big stressed head floating around. Mm. So recognising that's been really helpful. How about you? The last couple of years I've obviously had some mental health issues and so I've kind of been quite forced to deal with it. And there different things work at different times and when you're in different I guess states like last year when I had my anxiety and depression it's so strange by the way like looking back now with clarity I'm like oh my god that was Mm. I feel so different but you will get to a point where it's like you can do all of the things if you're eating well having really solid foundations is really key solid foundations eating well sleeping well exercising I love walking if I'm in a bit of a like 
walking from like along the beach and back Mm, best thing amazing one hour done all of those things are really really important and that gives you a really really solid foundation if you are I mean this doesn't really happen much anymore but if you have too many late nights or if you're drinking a bit too much or if you're going out too much if you're like social Mm -hmm. socializing too much or something then you know and then you start feeling a bit off kilter then it's like it's good to come back to yourself and be like okay we need to rejig some things I'm out of balance here but sometimes that's not enough and you know it is really important to have a you know really good health care yes like really good really good gp that you trust and you get and you love their style really good like if you see a psychologist mm. go and see a psychologist but take the time to find someone yep. who you really vibe with because you won't vibe with everybody um and i should just say sorry and i forgot <laughs> to mention in that i yeah i also have done therapy for 18 months so yes. like in in yeah. the midst of all this for that very, yeah. and it has been incredible yep and then a person right finding someone yes and then I started seeing like a Chinese doctor who's been like really really amazing Mm. and then just having you know different like finding what resonates for you like being creative and writing has been like a really good skill and like a practice meditation yeah so I I'm going through a week where I haven't been the best at doing my meditation but doing my meditation has been a real game changer for like quietening my noisy brain and just acknowledging that sometimes sometimes it all works and sometimes it doesn't like I was quite down like a few weeks ago when I was in pain all the time and really uncomfortable and I could barely move and I couldn't do anything I couldn't have been able to walk or leave the house or anything but then actually just acknowledging like things are shit like Mm. it is it's like an objectively (laughs) hard thing yeah. yeah, and so then, like, I was like, you know what? Sometimes I just need to stay in bed the whole day. Just and if I just read it. or do nothing, then that's also okay. Yeah. <laughs> just like, just acknowledge that sometimes that that's that's what you need. But any work that you do on yourself, I think yeah. it's the best investment. Like, the best investment is yourself and doing that. And if it's you know getting like coaching or therapy or you know different phys- physical therapies and yeah. things like that, it's just so worthwhile. And like, it's like life skills as well mm. and I like I talk a lot about the sort of building your toolkit which is exactly what we're talking mm. about and it, mm. it should be, feel like an experimentation working mm. out what works for you not like oh I couldn't stick to blah it's like well maybe that wasn't the thing for you yeah, like, but if you don't like doing it don't do it like it doesn't matter if everyone yeah. else thinks it's like, like I don't know. like meditating with an app yeah, and like I, I never do it. I like, so then I'm like, oh, like, I just don't have to. I can just do a different exactly. stuff. Exactly, <laughs> and like I, I like know, the breathing stuff. But I yeah, you like the breathing to, stuff. I spoke to someone the other day that's like, I cannot bear it. But if I'm out in the garden, it gives me that impact. It's like amazing. Yeah, great. I hate gardening. Exactly, me too. For you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Outdoor housework. <laughs> so I think it's really about yeah. That, and then the the only other thing I say on this is, and I spoke to someone yesterday that who was just clicked with this shift, and I loved hearing it about approaching your own care and self like self-care with kindness and the example I always give is it's the difference between saying like ah I'm so lazy I've got to like get to the gym five times a week and whip my body into shape with like I Hmm. know that moving my body makes me feel good yes and that is 
like the thing that makes you stick to things because you're not yeah. doing it to punish yourself or yes. push yourself. You're doing it because you're like, objectively, I feel better when I do the thing than when I don't do the thing. So mm-hmm. I'm basically doing the thing. And people that have gone through that shift, like I have, you have, yeah, that's where the like the ability to be consistent is. Yes. Because you're doing it for the right reasons. Yes. It's like me with swimming too. Like yes. it doesn't feel like a chore. Yeah, because it's like, like, I love it. I just can't wait to do it. Yeah. And you know what? I actually, I think that's why I love cooking for my family too. Like I love, we do week, I usually do the weeknight cooking. Andrew does the weekend cooking, although at the moment he does it all. But I love cooking during the week because I think I just love that it's providing like goodness to my family and myself. I agree. I I really enjoy that too. And I like, yeah, I like stopping work. And it's like a reset in the day of the energy. And switching from, yeah, I guess like work mode into like family mode. And I think having, if you can have little rituals in your day, I think it goes back to boundaries as well. That is like boundaries with yourself. But like if you're in, you know, mum mode and you've gone to go pick them up and you've come home and then you come home and you do your dinner and your stuff, it's just as well as, you know, obviously it's like the necessities of being, you know, a mom. It's also just about like resetting the energy in the house and your own as well. Hey, I had a great question, different tone, but a question in my DMs. If you're happy for me to read it. Yes, please. Out. How do you manage to maintain lead roles on projects with clients and get the juicy work? My biggest fear about having kids is having to give up running the big procurements and commercial activities I love because I'm not available 24-7. My client's very traditional, male-dominated industry. I run a practice at my firm, which takes a lot of time. No idea how I would manage it all. This is a question for you. (laughs) So I don't think I have like a good, satisfying answer because I have sort of purposely sought out a style of work and a type of client that works for my life. So, and also like I run, this is going to sound a bit whatever, but like I run my practice the Molly way and (laughs) and it attracts clients that like the Molly way, which is often how it is, right, with business. So, and that means that frankly all my clients, I have like these deep, strong relationships with that go to the point where I can say, so sorry, like, old mate started vomiting behind me gotta go like Mm -hmm. I need personally I need to know that I can have relationships that are like that to do my job well because I've I've got this safety net that I'm not going to be feel embarrassed or be made to feel ashamed you know but would old Molly if if old Molly could hear you now would she even believe it no no, no, no. Yeah. I, this is part of the journey. It's such a great point of working mm. out like in this business I'm in that there is room for that and there's yeah. room for my way. And while sometimes I feel like I'm pushing up against the boundaries of a traditional system, I'm sort of like seeking out opportunities and mentors and clients that align with that so that's how I've dealt with it I don't know I mean the simple answer right is if you want to do all that it goes back to can someone else be the primary carer Mm. because the other thing to say is and I've recognized this with my own family like stuff this it has to be mum business you know Mm. like if I if I went away for a few weeks my son would be just as happy with his dad Mm. like it doesn't have to be me in my friendship network a lot of the women are the main breadwinners yeah yeah. And this is all playing out for them. Mm. Yeah. So, I mean, the other answer is, or or like, you know, if you've got a high-powered job and you've got the money to, like having a beloved nanny that the kid adores, oh. like this, they're part of the village. Yes. So I think if you build, you can do these big jobs if you want to, right? Like 
not that you feel pressured, but you love the cut and thrust of it. You like the busyness of it. If you have a village that helps you with that, I think doing it alone and trying to do it all, something's got to give. Like we only have 100% capacity, really. Mm-hmm. So the levers have to move. And some mm-hmm. of those levers are outsourcing some care or having more people in your life to help raise your child. I think it's the way it should be. We were, we were meant to be, we're meant to be in villages. Agree. So, so yeah. I think that's part of it. I think the other thing, just quickly on the male-dominated industry piece, is there's probably no way to do it but to lead the way, right? Like there's probably yeah. not going to be that many good role models, but the only way to do it then is to kind of be the one, unfortunately, possibly, that is pushing through and saying, I'm not like, look, I'm performing. Don't don't come at me. Like I just I just don't know how else to get around that in, the, in an industry where it's still not, it's a bit taboo or it's still like the women are at home and the men are doing the work. You have to. If yeah. you want to be in it, you kind of have to lead the way. Yeah. I'm not sure if this is going to be a spoiler alert or a reference <laughs> to another episode that I've already released, but I interviewed Alison Cusack, who yes. is a maritime lawyer. Oh, my God. Boys Club of the boy, yes. Boys Club of the Boys Club. Yeah. She just went and started her own firm. Yes. Incredible. She has the, the big clients. The, yep like the big everything. And I think a really fascinating thing about the legal profession and the day and age in which we are working all of this out is that it's never been more possible to just rewrite the rules yourself. Yeah. Like you don't have you don't have to be there if you don't want to be or yeah. if it doesn't work for you. Yeah. And you might not act it might you might actually get more opportunities yeah. and bigger stuff to set up your own law firm and or your your own business and just do it that yeah. way because plenty of wit Plenty of people do, but also plenty of women do. Yeah. And a behind-the-scenes motivating factor for why they do set up these these law firms is because they're dissatisfied with the status quo. That's – Yeah. I, th- I do really think that's a big driver of, like, innovation and change, but it's for the better. But Alison certainly doesn't miss out on the big clients, the big yeah. matters, the big anything. And it's not to say um, it's easy, right? But I think – It's not easy, but it's, it's doable. It's change. Because the thing is, like, if you are in a really male-dominated industry, it requires social and cultural change to allow women up the ranks, right? Because yeah. the status quo is, like, it's all men. So something has to change. Mm. And, like, if you are happy there and you can create that space to do it and do it the way that works for you and your family, then that's great. But if not, you do have options and they're available to you. I was going to say, I think, like, it's a great point overall for this episode, not just in this example, that this idea that you only have one avenue open to you in terms of I've got this job, I've got to go on this path, like yeah. my career is over because I'm going to miss a year and old mate's going to get promoted before me. There are so many ways to do law or be in the legal industry. Like, yeah. Every day there's more. Like we're both good examples of like I, w- I didn't know this job existed. You've made your own job that you want. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. I pretty much, I pretty much have two. So yes. Yeah. Like, I think people have to remind themselves there's always choice. But yes. if you're really busy and stressed and you're in a toxic environment, you will not feel like there's a choice. So sometimes step one, create some space for yourself, look after yes. yourself. Step two, options start looking more possible because you've yeah. had some space to breathe and think and like re- yeah. reorder your values. Absolutely. What does having it all and doing it all <laughs> look like? I the older I get actually the more I want to do less and less <laughs> oh I could, I was gonna that's basically my answer like my my life now is smaller and simpler yeah than ever before 
and that's great. And I'm like, happier. I'm so much happier. Like I don't want the biggest house, the biggest job, the yeah. nice car. I don't want to travel overseas five times a year. I don't want to like win every award. Yeah. Be experiencing each day with like a quality of some peace yeah. and, and joy and having a healthy family and having some fun and, and like having great connections like you and people at work. Like that's good. Getting yeah. enough sleep. Like yeah. lifting weights twice a week. Yeah. Walking my kid to school. Like yeah. it doesn't mean I'm not ambitious, but it's mm. a different type of ambition. Mm. And I think it's a more holistic view of success as well. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think it's incredible to think about the journey certainly I've been on to get there. Like the shifting of my priorities has been unbelievable in the last few years. Mm. And I just think everything costs more. Like everything's busier. And I'm kind of like, no, I don't want to keep having to like buy the bigger thing, do mm. the bigger job. Like it's enough. I am enough. Having peace and feeling good is like the gold standard. It should be the thing we're searching for. Here, here. <laughs> How wise are we? <laughs> yeah, I just think having it all looks different at different times of your life and your career and just accepting that, but also interrogating it. Like, do you really want, like Andrew and I have obviously made decisions the last few years about where we're spending, like where we're prioritizing our time and resources and everything. And we've had to let go of a lot of that and be like, oh, we're not going to be ticking this milestone or this box or having this big thing or doing Mm -hmm. this big thing right now and being happy with that and being happy with like the quality time it's like a quality over quantity approach I think and I think like learning to really and it's almost like this is bred out of us but like learning to really trust ourselves and not be so influenced by the noise like you know we Mm. are everywhere on social media at all times Mm. wards everywhere like it can be so easy to feel like you're not doing the thing that everyone else is and getting them like caught up in a path that actually isn't the path for you I think the power we, we all have is to kind of know ourselves get to know ourselves really really well and as women sometimes having a child is a catalyst for that mm. like a really powerful catalyst for that one last question we've been mm. going on a while but I'm yeah. loving it <laughs> <laughs> we we do we're good at the chat you and I made for this <laughs> what has been a really surprising change or adjustment for you about parenthood. Mm. Oh, can I tell you mine? Please, because I need to think <laughs> about it for a minute. I didn't realise how good it would be for my self-confidence mm. and my self-esteem because anyone who's picked up a little one from daycare at the end of the day and they see you and your their little face lights oh up, That's you cool. feel like a fucking rock star. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're like, yeah, "Yeah, that's me. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Oh, it's the best. Like literally just drops drops his little shovel halfway through digging a hole in the sand pit. I was like (gasps) running over. It's really you. Um, I love that. So nice. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you are Um, just like the best thing for someone. Yeah. Very, very nice. Yeah. I think mine's similar in the sense, well, sort of similar that like I, you know, used to hate being by myself I used to be nervous about like driving to places I'd never been before I don't know like a bit of an anxious sook in a lot of ways and I just feel like quite powerful because when I'm looking after him I'd do anything yes I'll do I'd do anything like I can I can wrangle him to bed I can drive him to Byron Bay like I can 
get him on and off planes. I don't know, like it just I just do it. Like I just do it in this calm, powerful, motherly way. Yeah. And I love that. Like it is I didn't think I would be a good mum. I don't know. Like I didn't think I'd be good <laughs> at it. And I've like really really got the hang of it <laughs> yeah it's so nice isn't it oh, yeah. it's like the one thing that I'm like I am a really good mum I'm such a good mum I never doubt my capacity I was ready for it I'm good at so it nice. and like everything else is just like yeah secondary and yeah. I think that's been such a lovely thing so and nice. if anyone is listening to this and they're like should I have babies or should I not just know that like it's amazing and there are so many like profoundly amazing things that you go through as well as yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the chaos as well, but it's part and parcel. It's 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 a light and the dark, right? It's it's a beautiful thing, it's hard. It's not for everyone. I just like and you know, wanna call out that I have friends that don't know if they want kids and it's like that's okay too. Like mm. It's not for everyone, but if you if you're not doing it because you're worried about your career, like if that's the reason you don't want to do it, I think I I call time on that reason because mm. I think we are proof that it can absolutely benefit your career or take it in the way it needs to be. So yes. if that's what's holding you back, I say meh to that. Go forth and make babies. Here, here. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much, Molly. This has been so fun. Thank you for having me. It has been delightful. Anytime. <laughs> I'll come back anytime. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm going to hold you to that. Yay. Good. <laughs> There you have it, my honest conversation with the gorgeous tall poppy herself, Molly Tregellis. If you know someone who may appreciate listening to our insights on the juggle between motherhood and career and ambition and having it all and doing it all, then please do recommend and share this episode with that person. I am your host, Rose Inglis. Thank you so much for being here. You can follow me on Instagram at Rose Tinted Law or reach out to me on LinkedIn, Rose Inglis. Please do leave me a review ideally on apple podcast i appreciate it more than you could ever imagine i hope you enjoy listening to this honest conversation and it helps open your eyes to the limitless possibilities as to where your legal career may take you you